0: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and
1: 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now, wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.
2: ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm John Weeks, and this is The Leader. Dating apps. We all know how they work. Swipe left for nope, swipe right for yes, and hopefully find a match. But what if that match ended up costing you hundreds of thousands of pounds and a broken heart? Well, that's the story of London-based Cecilia Fjellhoy, as told in a new Netflix documentary called The Tinder Swindler.
0: You can find a bit of everything on Tinder, but one little swipe can change your life. That's when police tell me the man I love was never real. Everything's a lie.
2: It's all about how Cecilia and many other women were conned by Israeli fraudster Shimon Hayat after meeting through the dating app. He called himself Simon Leviev and falsely claimed to be the rich son of a diamond mine owner. Following the trauma of what happened, Cecilia has since set up a foundation to support and protect victims of fraud, which she hopes to eventually open up to people in London. Cecilia joins me now. First of all, for you, what was it like watching the documentary back and essentially reliving what happened for you, but also the other women affected?
0: For me, it was almost having my trauma up there for two hours, I have to say. It's just very weird to see your story up on the big screen and, yeah, shown almost like a movie, you know. <laughs> it felt like a movie, as I said, but uh, that is actually shown as it's kind of like that. And, it's, and it has something that you've gone through and it, it is my trauma, you know. So the first time I didn't watch it so much, to be very honest with you, it's painful. And you obviously
2: go through the emotions throughout the documentary. And it's interesting because at the start, you talk in quite glowing terms about the time you spent with Simon initially. Obviously, you're reflecting on what happened at the time. But was it weird to revisit that and almost experience those emotions again?
0: Yeah, I think that was the toughest. Really, really difficult because I taped my part over two days. So you can imagine that you have to go from talking very fondly of someone that you actually hate to this day and go back in detail as well about the kiss because I go back myself with those emotions and I'm still kind of sad that he never actually existed. It feels so weird to see there and I'm still mourning the loss of the relationship. Uh, It's a very weird feeling and I think that's what the biggest ask that the producers is, is that they had to ask us to go back in time you know. And that is not an easy thing to do.
2: Now, obviously, you had your first date in London with Simon. The city has got to be a sort of a hot spot for these sort of scammers because it does have so many expensive hotels and restaurants where people who are going to carry out these scams can do it.
0: As I said, like in London, like the pictures that Simon had wasn't really that different from a lot of other finance guys in in the city, to be honest with you. You could just see that he was traveling a lot um, and that he was he wasn't British. But yeah, but as I, as I say, like he did this everywhere. But of course, London is a city where there are a lot of wealth.
2: Now, watching the documentary, it really is quite a chaotic series of events that you go through. In the chaos of it all, were there any moments when you sort of questioned what was happening?
0: I think that he's so good at making you feel like you're in a war and everyone's the enemy and you really believe that. So you get scared of your life yourself. He's so smart that he knows how the system works. So he was kind of cunning. Like, So when you called the bank, they were like confirming what he was saying to you, why the money wasn't coming. Or the cheque that I got, I called Lloyd's bank here and they said, well, we can't cash the cheque. And then I was like, oh my God, oh my God, you know, now it's not real. And then they said, oh, we can't cash the cheque only because the sum is so large. Like, you know, like he makes these big transfers, you know? So, and I said, oh, well, so the, the cheque is real. Yeah, the cheque, there's, no, there's not, nothing wrong with the cheque. So it's those kind of things that he knows so well, how easy it is to manipulate the system.
2: And all of this has led you to create the Action Reaction Foundation. How did it come about? What was the process behind you setting it up?
0: I think it was like when we first came out with the story in 2019, I was contacted by so many fraud victims that had the same kind of questions I had. When should I contact the police? I feel so alone. I feel shame. I feel stupid, you know? There wasn't an organisation for us. There, There isn't like a resource centre, as you can say, such like online to help fraud victims to do what they need to do when. Because that's what I got told that I was late with everything but then you have the mental aspect so I've been working in Norway mostly because that's where I have most of my loans (laughs) and knows more of the system how everything works so I've had meetings with organizations in Norway that are helping with lawyers and those type of things and like consumer rights so I've been thinking that I need to focus more on the mental health aspect and the peer support because I think that you need to have that to be able to do anything practically. (laughs) You can't do anything if you're so down that you don't want to live anymore, which is what a lot of fraud victims are feeling.
2: So when making the documentary, you obviously teamed up with some of the other victims to raise awareness of Simon and this kind of fraud. Do you have any ambition to be involved in any other awareness campaigns for women to spot the signs of fraudsters like him?
0: We saw when we went public with it the first time how it was the victim blaming, you know, and the shaming that women are facing, it was kind of interesting to see, you know, when a man is being uh, defrauded as an evil woman and when men are just defrauding women, we're still evil <laughs> and deserved it. it was almost like, you know, how rape victims before got told that it was their fault if they went out with a skirt. So like the women issue in this case, I'm very passionate about and like to really show that you are a true victim and not someone that deserves this. So of course, warning signs for fraud in general, but I have to say Simon's case was so extraordinary. It's the reason why it became a Netflix documentary. But I would love to help people in general because there are a lot of different types of fraud still out there. And are you hoping
2: or planning to bring Action Reaction to London to support victims or even run awareness campaigns here?
0: I would love to because I remember when the police, I was with the police here in the UK and they said if your organization would have existed here, we would have sent all the fraud victims to you. So it is something that is needed. The thing is that why I haven't been able to work on it as much as I have wanted to is because I've had my own legal battles. You know, it's difficult to help others when I'm bankrupt here in the UK. It's a lot of things that's been going on. But it has been something that I've really felt that I've found my passion. in in life, really, because I don't want anyone else to feel so alone and beaten down as I have been.
2: And I was going to ask, you know, do you find it difficult to trust any emotional connection with someone similar to what you described you had with Simon in the documentary? But actually, you do seem now to be quite strong and that you have sort of learned from the experience and grown from it. Would you say that's fair?
0: I totally agree agree with you. I think I've been doing a lot of healing and I had to go through a lot of things where I had to reflect. I had to go through the WhatsApp in detail, you know, when I went to trial (laughs) to understand my reactions and what I was writing. So I've been doing a lot of healing therapy and I didn't want others to be blamed for what he did. You know, we believe he's a psychopath and narcissist that doesn't have empathy. Luckily, you won't meet these kind of people that often in your life you were just really unlucky but of course we have good days and bad days and sometimes it is worse but I'm trying my best to be better and not bitter you can't go through life mistrusting people is a very dangerous thing and I didn't want to do that he has taken away enough I felt <laughs> for me
2: there's more on this story in the evening standard newspaper and at standard.co.uk That's the leader. We're back tomorrow at 4pm.
1: Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more.